we are in episode as always dead excited i'm really excited because not only are we at the number of mark but we have an amazing superwoman who's joining me i am absolutely in awe of this lady i'm in awe because she has championed and overcome so many adversity and where she stands now is to be such a successful breaking through so many barriers to become who she is and still glowing and growing along the way i'm dead excited to introduce you to elaine but before i do let me remind you that the super women can podcast has been created for super women like you super women of color who are ready to just break through every single negative narrative that says that we can't we certainly can and we are super women who definitely can and we are going to change the world and make our own narrative that tells us that we can we will and we are smashing through all the barriers and we're going to have more money more time with family, more holidays, all because we're going to continue to learn to grow and to elevate ourselves. So what are we going to learn today? I'm excited because we've got, I make sure I'm pointing the right way. Yes, we've got Elaine. Elaine, tell us more about you. Hi, Sam. Thank you for inviting me on the Superwomen Can podcast. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, what can I say? So um, I'm based in London. I am a serial entrepreneur um, and I am an older woman, <laughs> let's say, <laughs> who has um, created several businesses despite her disability and is still going strong now. So, yes, it's good to have me here. Thank you. Oh, amazing. Did you hear that? She's a serial businesswoman, entrepreneur. I am really excited to hear more about that. But tell me a little bit of your story to get you where you are, because I know that you have a story to share with the world. Okay, so yeah, so I used to um, work for the civil service and back in 2009, um, I was medically retired um, at the age of 32. And um, yeah, I kind of like was like, I had two choices. You know, I was kind of like written up. I could went through a whole period of that. What would I do now that my disability got deteriorated after having surgery? Um, I was given my walking papers and told that I now face a life on benefits and I kind of went home and I didn't want that so I kind of really just thought of a way of how I could make some money to pay for my daughter to use her education um, and really provide for herself so I started selling everything that I could in my house creating things that I could make um you know whether it be candles and you know whether bits and pieces and sold that and I kind of launched that onto eBay and Etsy and I've not looked back since so it's been 15 plus years I've been doing e-commerce and selling and changed my life that way amazing so I'm gonna because there's so much in what you've said that everyone doesn't really know and i'm gonna just i don't know which bit to unpick what i'm gonna start with you said anything not everyone can do that like just go right i'm being medically retired i'm just gonna start selling stuff around my house and see how it goes like you have a, you have a gift <laughs> you have a gift like i just started making candles i can't make candles i wouldn't even know where to start 
that is just not my thing so you created something and I understand that you also are a cake baker you're naturally creative so tell me about some of these business ideas that you had and how how did they come about right <laughs> it kind of goes back to childhood so when I was younger I spent a lot of time in hospital um, I missed a lot of school I didn't really have school in this traditional sense so I had a tutor at home uh, most of my childhood from the age of about seven to about 14 was spent in and out of hospital um, so yeah, so I think I was there for about two, two to three weeks of actual in class. Um, most of it was at home. And my mum, bless her, uh, worked full time. My dad worked, my dad worked full time. But my mum used to always, you know, bake and stuff like that. So she would teach me, she'd put stuff and put me at the table. So I'd sit there after having surgery, whether it would be my knee or my arm or whatever, I'd be in plaster. She'd prop it up and she'd put stuff on the table. So we'd bake together. Oh, we played wow. together and we, you know, in, and my mum was, my mum was a book smart, so, but she had lived from her first parents had a bakery back in wow. the Caribbean, so they taught me how to make stuff like bola, she, she taught me, so she taught me how to make stuff like burn and Christmas cake and, yeah. you know, patties and all these kind of things, yeah. we taught it all as a child, I mean, so, so, I, so that's kind of where my creative side is has come from and I feel more good than that and that's kind of where I feel comfortable you know I, I will say to everybody I'm not um I'm not academic um I don't claim to be um I don't have my fancy degrees behind me anything like that but I'm very good at finding things and working ways out how to make money out of things and very, very very much from that kind of aspect and I think you've done absolutely amazing like just to, to be able to turn some nothing out of something to something is huge mm -hmm. so you have <laughs> so you have a big story what i want to really know is because of all the things that you're creating and you've built you built like you said you're a serial entrepreneur you have so many hands in so many so many hands in so many pies is that they're saying that they say so many hands in so many pies and you, you you are creating your own success that's that's what you've done you created you create things but you create your own success despite what happened tell me what 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 setbacks have helped you to shape and create success for not only just you but your but your business actually helps create success for others um i think for me it's being written off it's when we have a physical disability um, and mine's quite, you know, extensive. So I've, I've got uh, spastic quads, spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. So when you say that as a mouthful, people instantly think that you're, you know, you have no, you have no skill, you have nothing. And I think for me, that has always been the driver, uh, is to prove myself. So when people said to, you know, my mom, my mom said to me when I was born, um, you know, they wanted her to give me up and put me into a facility because I had, I would, I would in, in their words, I was going to be, you know, mute, I was going to be deaf, I was going to be 24 hour care. Um, and my mum was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking it home. And then I remember being, as a child, you know, my mum, I would, went, to went to a specialist school. And I just remember my mom, who had no education, fight the local council to move me. Wow. I remember distinctively coming home on the, you know, the school bus that they used to provide for us. And my mom would say, well, what did you learn today at school? And, um, and I was like, oh, you know, I played in sand and my mom was livid. Wow. And I remember her literally in the 1980s taking on the council, which you'd never heard of back then. You, you, you were, if you were disabled, you went to a specialist school, that was it. There's no, but... 
and she fought to move me and she had to do all the legwork of going around to local schools and Satan go through the humiliations and then say to her, you know, could she toilet herself? Could she go to, can she, can she do? And mother like, yeah, she could do all that. What will you tell me what she needs to be ready to do? We'll have her ready. And, and, and I remember my mum just doing it, taking it, and then she moved me to a, a state school. And that's kind of like my, my driving force. So I just thought if I could watch somebody who has no education to fight the cows and win, then I could read them. You certainly can, Superwoman. And what's amazing is, I don't know, there is a trend here, especially on this podcast, and it's our mothers, like as women, what I find and what I'm finding is that we are the we are the equivalent of what our mums show us and prove to us. And, you know, they, the strong black women, you know, whether they're from Caribbean, from Africa, even born in the UK, strong black women who will make sure that they will defy the odds and make sure their kids defy those odds that they had against them. And it is amazing that you have had so much people say you cannot beyond the, the 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 general as a black woman when you've got a disability as well and a physical one as well it, it's hard to prove your point but yeah. you've done it <laughs> you you've defied everything you defied the fact that you were going to be i don't know what they said what did they say to you you weren't going to be able to because i was going to be deaf i would need 24 hour care Look at you. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't you know, I'm, I'm very blessed that I, you know, I live with my daughter. My daughter, I raise my daughter as a single parent. I drive. I live independently. I handle my own finances. I work. I, I self-pay. I cook. I do. I do n- 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 things that they have me down as. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've done. Wow. <laughs> you know like, wow. I've travelled. I've travelled solo. I've travelled. You know, I mean, I've just. I'm, used to, I'm one of these people who will always find a way. There's God, I don't understand the, 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 the long time ago, I, I, I took the word no out of my vocabulary because to me, it's just like, there's no such word as no. You know, there's, there's always around, there's always a way, way around it. I agree with that. I actually say to my kids, no doesn't exist in this house. It's either not right now, wait, <laughs> or there's something better. Exactly. <laughs> Like, no, I, I can't is definitely an, a, a no-no. I, yeah. can't, I cannot do it. My mum never let me say those words. I can't. And mm-hmm. there is a way. Like you said, there is always a way. And you are proving that every single day. And you inspire others in their businesses to do the same. So how do you, how do you help showcase all the things that you've gone through to be, help other women be successful in their own businesses? Right, well, for, you, for me, it's a new thing because I've been long, for so long, I've been sat in the shadows. I tend to help you from, from, from the back end. Um, I, I just think that, um, but I'm kind of like stepping more forward into the light. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, yeah. yeah. Um, but I tend to always do it from the back end. I always wanted people to just really just be themselves and be you know what I mean and just realize that you know I, I always say to people look you know I there are days when I can't get out of bed but I'm still you know mentally I mean, and even when, when even like when I go to the hospital for an appointment or something and you know by instinct by, by, by default the, the the medical profession will talk to my my brother or whoever's took me take me to the hospital and he'll always say she's got a brain and I always say to him I've got a brain 
I mean, as long as my brain is I could talk. And I think I just want people to realize there's so many, there's so many ways. I mean, just because you are, you know, whether you are physical disability, hidden disability, you know, there's so much out there that you can do. You know, I say, you know, I literally, sometimes I work for my bed, sometimes I work for my recliner, sometimes I work off the city. Do you know what I mean, I don't have to leave my house to make money. Wow. I thank God. And you know what it is as well? I think the pandemic brought us lots of different things, as you know. But one thing it did do is normalise working from home. Yeah. It normalised it. And for me, my business probably wouldn't be able to grow as successfully as it is doing if I couldn't do it from home. I've got five children. You know, I am expecting again, so six children, having flexibility to work from home, to deliver workshops from, from my laptop. Yeah, there are a few in-persons that I have, but being able to do that is being able to create that. So I can completely understand that if you have a day where actually I need to stay home, I want to stay in bed, I, you're smashing it still. You literally can still. Uh, I've been saying for probably about 10 years in, in, the, in the disabled community, why are we why are our employees not offering the same because as, 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 as you know a lot of disabled people aren't employed uh, because of the whole stigmas around yeah. working and i've always said well why don't you hire disabled people who can work from home who can manage the disability around their the, the, thinking there's always a pushback and then obviously the pandemic hits and boom everyone's working from home it's now possible yeah That's yeah i'm saying it's 10 years ago and i was like i mean if you and, and i always believe, i also believe that from my from my experience, a lot of same people with, with me who have been doing they have lost their self worth because the work has been taken away from them, and so it's focused on oh well you're disabled, you need to be on benefits blah blah blah, and then I'm, and I'm like well no give them back their self worth, and yes. that's what I do with my clients. I show them that yes okay you've got disability, but I can show you how you can work around it because that's what I do. I don't, I, my disability, I don't work, I work around, if I'm having a bad day, I rest. Yeah. If I'm having a good day, I work, I work around my disability, so it doesn't impact myself, I've got very, very low impact on my health. I can manage my health at a stable level, and I can work, and I can earn money. And that's, and that's what I teach my clients how to, how to do. That is absolutely amazing. And as from a person who's come from a FTSE 100 company in HR, one of the challenges I did have is actually educating leaders and managers of the same thing that, you know, that unfortunately it's like trying to convince individuals that yes, we can make adapt, we can, we can make, we can adapt things mm -hmm. to make it work. And we have a responsibility, especially if you're a huge organization, we have a responsibility to do so. And not only that, there are things like funding in the UK, things like access to work, where you can access companies can access £62,000 currently every year. I think it's actually gone to 63000 to make that possible. So when mm -hmm. I hear things like, well, we don't have the budget to make it possible, well, you've got no excuse because the mm -hmm. government will support individuals up to the amount of £62,000, £63,000 yeah. every single year to make that possible. And what I did, I used to advocate for that and push for that. One of the things I used to do was um, a couple of examples. I'm going to share these examples just in case there are some um, companies listening right now, just like you experienced in your workplace. And you're like, well, how do I do it then? So we can make those adaptations. One of them, some of them, sometimes it's just simple things. 
like I remember one individual who had a, a mobility disability they could only walk a few steps but they had a, an adapted car and one of the things I said if you know you can happy to support you working from home we'll get everything done set up so you and they were like no I really want to get into the office so all we did was just below the building was a car park we bought a space underneath the car where where our offices are we bought a space so that the individual could literally drive up park in a space underneath the building where there was a lift travel up the lift walk a few steps put the pass in and then make sure that their seat was right next to the door as they go in, which just happened to be right next to the kitchen, which just happened to be right next to the, the toilets. So the individual didn't have to make too many steps. And that was really simple. All it meant was that we paid for a car parking space for that individual. There was no other adaptations that was needed. There was another similar case where the individual didn't, didn't drive. We just paid for a taxi there and worked and back. And it wasn't as if we were really paying because the budget came from access to work the government paid for that and that gave them the empowerment to come into the workplace to you know to to get involved in the collaborative space that you in when you're in the workplace and also have the opportunity if they wanted to to work from home when they didn't have such a good day so having that flexibility we don't really have any excuse not to do it because we can and the pandemic's shown that we can and it can be successful so I agree with that 1,000, 1,000, 1,000%. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you are showing other women and other individuals who are have disabilities that they can do it too. No matter what society says, you're a, super, you're a superwoman. I know that you're going to continue to rock and roll through this. So what advice and tips would you share? And Because you're a mum as well. So I'm really interested to say you're a mum. You've had setbacks, but you continue to shine. What a tips and advice would you give to someone in a similar situation to yourself on how to be successful whilst being a mother? <laughs> okay, so my, yeah, so my daughter is now 22 um, years of age, so I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to the most high. Um, <laughs> she always also has her own issues, so she has her own mental health and anxiety and autism issues as well, so I'm kind of an advocate for her. What tips would I give you? First thing I would say to somebody is letting go and what I call a mourning period. Yeah, I'm very, very clear about it. So the mourning period, just like when you, you know, when you grieve and you lose somebody, I believe you have to do that when you, when, if you've got a spiritual or a health condition, or even if you just, you, know, you haven't got one, there has to be a life you have to let go. And I, and I put it down to the, the eight steps of mourning, exactly, exactly, exact same process. And I had to do that. Even when I got medically tired for my job, I had to go through those steps individually. Sometimes I had to go back and repeat those steps. And it's only after I did those steps that I learned to let go and everything started flowing to me. Because if you're hanging on to the past, if you're hanging on to stuff, it, it brings you down. Yeah. And it's when the, it makes you learn stuff how resilient you are. Because I've been through a lot. <laughs> I, I, if I, if, you know, I, there's nothing that, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I've been through a myriad things in my life from domestic abuse. You know, oh, wow. Every, yeah, it's just a lot. <laughs> and I often think to myself, how am I still standing? But the reason why I'm still standing is because I've allowed myself to go through the mourning process. I've let go. I've let go. I've forgiven. Um, and I've just like moved forward and I've determined not my not to let my past influence my future. I love that. 
and not let your past influence your future. I absolutely love that. And I think that that is so true. Again, as women of colour, black women, um, one of the things that happens is that we do end up going through so many adversities. I haven't met one that hasn't, you know, had a cushy life. Um, it's something that is is prominent in our community. And the thing is, is that some don't are not as strong, but you certainly are. Can you tell me more about where your business is right now? Because I know that you're doing a lot of work with with helping helping people, individuals to okay. <laughs> so where we're at now now. Well obviously so I said the last probably ten years I've been in the cake industry. So I've been supplying uh, cake supplies, chocolate supplies online through eBay and Etsy. And during that time, I've had many people get on the path. People come to me and ask me for advice on how to get started. And so last year, I decided that I would set up a coaching company to really just help people with their journey. So whether that be set up a new unit, but I wanted to do it from a different perspective. So I've got no, you know, you see a lot of coaches out there and they're like, you know, come to me and do this course for a thousand pounds or 1500 quid. And I remember looking at these courses when I was broke, having no money, and thinking, yeah, I want to do that course, but I've got the money to do it. Yeah. And, then, and as you know, the cost of living crisis, and I'm saying to people, well, you know what? Some people don't even have like, you know, five pounds to together, or they don't have pounds. And, I, and I'm a firm believer that everybody is sitting on a thousand pounds in their cash, but just don't know it. So I come from the perspective of, I'm going to show you how to do what you do. What well, do what I did in my when I sat in my room with my laptop and looking around my room, thinking to myself, "Okay, that pair of jeans is going to go on eBay. That pair of boots is going to go on Amazon." So mm -hmm. I'm saying, I've not, not worn them for ten years. They're just sitting in my wardrobe. Yeah, and that's so, <laughs> so true. From that perspective, where, <laughs> where I show people that actually, you know what, you can make money in your wardrobe, or you know, or just use your skills. Like whether whether it be you know whether you are a you know I've had I had a, a recently I went to a uh, a event where this woman was talking about a driftwood and she made like a thousand pounds from talking about different types of driftwood because that was just her <laughs> that was just her niche <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm trying to convince people that you have the skills within you sometimes you just need to think outside the box and I'm very much out of the box but box thinker so that's how I help women and people with disabilities you know, just be really speak out of the box and just say, okay, right, what, what can I do? Because everyone's got a skill. Everyone's got, sometimes you don't mind not think you have a skill. And that's the one thing that I hear a lot from people is that, oh, you know, I don't have the skills. I don't have the education. And then when, when we've actually got talking and I've spoken to them, they've actually felt well, I'm like, whoa, you've just given me like 80 ideas here that you can make money from. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And I think, so, I think what it is, is sometimes people are so in their own worlds they can't see the bigger picture not everyone has that gift and believe it or not not everyone has that gift I'm just when you just said that to me now I was like oh what have I got in the around my room that I could make some extra cash for Christmas and I think you know you need to you need to follow way you need to follow you need to follow Elaine because if you want to find out ways of basically she says you got at least a thousand pound you sat on so I'm scratching my head already going I'd like to find that extra thousand pound 
you know that would be make a nice lots of nice christmas presents for uh, follow elaine because she is geared up with all that information on how you can find it and what you can do and like i said i'm looking around my room going Ooh, where can i get this from <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna be like really glued to what you can do for christmas and i think that you have started to share things around that am, am i right in saying that yeah I have, a, I have a group called outside the box on facebook um and i kind of give tips and tricks in there I and mean, i've given stuff you know some very unusual some fun things in there on um people like a lot of people come back to me and people say I didn't think about that one. I never thought about that. I never thought that one. So, yeah, you can think there's pretty much, especially around Christmas, there's lots of things around Christmas that you can do that people don't, aren't even thinking about, you know, um, to make money from. Like I said, it doesn't have to be, I'm, I'm trying to break this myth that you have to fork out thousands of pounds for courses. When you do, I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm not knocking it. I say if people want to level up, that, that's that's fine. But some people just don't have that fun to start off in the beginning. So I'm giving you the opportunity to make that money. So then you can go off and do a thousand pound course, you know, if you, if you choose to. Or create your own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, create your own off what you've learned about yourself and what you do. So I think that there's two ways of looking at it, definitely. And the thing is, I think, like you said, I love that you appropriately named your business outside. Is it outside the box? Yeah, outside the box is a great. Outside the box, it makes sense. Like I said, not everyone has that skill. Not everyone has that gift. Not everyone's a bigger picture um, person they just they're in the here and now they're in the in the detail they, they don't get the opportunity to see the bigger picture so you give the space for that and like you said where people can't see it you create the ability to see it because you like you said you you having a conversation you've seen 80 opportunities that's a lot of opportunities that's a big 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 picture person because <laughs> i can't think of even fives most of the time I'm like mm, what can i do next year so i think it's a gift you own that you own that that is your gift to the world now i want to kind of backtrack because i wanted to do it before but we, i was getting excited about the business side and know that you've gone through so much but you did mention something and it might be something that someone you touched on very slightly but someone might have you know heard that and wanted to know a little bit more so if you're comfortable to share you said that you'd experience domestic abuse is that right yeah. i submit i twice <laughs> twice it back yeah i i my first partner my first husband um yeah it was it was a period of my life when i was very very young um um we got together um and yeah i i was at that stage where i didn't think anyone would want me because of my disability oh. so i kind of accepted you know you know i mean i accepted anyone who would take me i think and yeah, and I remember leaving. We went through a period where we had a very volatile relationship. It was more psychological than it was physical. Wow. Um, so it was a case of, you know, you're, you're not worthy, you're not worth a match or anything, blah, blah, blah. And it was a lot to deal with. It was a lot. I mean, and what resulted in that was that yeah, I ended with my daughter leaving when she was just under six months old, but then moving into a homeless shelter. Wow. Um, living in my car. <laughs> what? And I was still working. I was working at the time, working for DWP at the time, the benefits advisor, which is crazy. And then I was coming out of work, picking up my daughter from the child my dad and getting into my car and driving to Finsbury Park and parking up for the night. Wow. And sleeping there in the car. Oh. <laughs> 
Wow. Wow. And then going back to that, 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 that stage, you know, you had to go to the council, sit there all day, wait for them to find you housing. Well, I was working, I had a full-time job. So I couldn't, I couldn't think it. I couldn't sit in the council all day, wait to be, to be, to be selected to go to a comment, you know, to temporary accommodation for that night. Because I had a whole other job. Um, and obviously, obviously my daughter was like, my dad, so, but I didn't have enough money to pay for a rental property straight away. And, 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 and I was too embarrassed to ask family and friends to give me money to, to dinghy because you didn't want them to know what was going on in my life. So yeah, so I'd, I'd bed up in, a, in the car, car with my daughter and sleep there until um, eventually I remember just not being able to phone my mum one day. I just kind of broke down. Yeah. It's tears and my mum just, just, just said come home just come home and that's when I moved I moved, I moved back here so I moved back to Coventry but yeah I just I mean, I think it's, it's just a case of shame yeah embarrassment I mean it was just it was just I mean I felt like I, I had failed and I'd let down I had this really good career I was you know stormed up the ranks in the DWP I just had to be, you know, if you know, they just put an application for me to be working at Downing Street, I had all these amazing opportunities open for me. Um, yeah, and just and just it just kind of got to that point where I, I, I felt like I just failed. Wow, and that's totally understandable. But from what I from my outside view, I just see strength. I mm-hmm. see so much strength and being able to do that and then get up and still go to work, you know, going through that situation. And then go and say, you know what, I'm going to go back and be with mum. You know, the person that's been a pivotal of your life, really, hasn't she? It's 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 hard going. But yeah, I think it made me better. I think it made me, I look back now and I think, I think <laughs> my brother, my, me and my brother were saying the other day, he said to me, um, during lockdown, we were just like, you know, just like, you know, the intensity, you have a lot of time to think when you're doing lockdown, because your life just kind of stops. You know what I mean? You know, you know, and, um, and we were kind of like, you said, just write down everything that's happened in your life, just one line sentences. And I wrote it down, I kind of, you know, it was like three, four pages, and I thought, blinking hell. <laughs> <laughs> you just think, really? And you can, you know, it just kind of opens your eyes. You just, you, as people, we just do things, and you don't think, you don't, you don't bank it. You know what I mean? You just, you just do it. You're, 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 you're in, and I realized during my period from, from you know, as a child, even to my late twenties, you know, early thirties, from you know, early forties, I was in survival mode. Mm. I was doing anything I can. I had bills to pay. I had debt. I had to, you know, feed my daughter. I had to put, you know, put me in the on the electric key. I had to put me in the gas key. I I was in survival mode. Wow. Yeah. And what what took place after you said you you went through. That kind of he went through it twice, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So after my after I got um just before I got medically retired um in in two thousand nine I met somebody else um um at that point I was a carer for my parents so my mom had just been designed dying sorry diagnosed with Parkinson's disease um quite young so she just turned fifty nine fifty nine sixty she just you know the Parkinson's disease so I became her kind of like living carer look after her alongside my dad kind of support my dad's role working full time raising my daughter and I met somebody else and I thought great okay here's my chance of, of happiness 
Um, and yeah, and that turned out to be a very similar thing. It was not, as we'll say again, it wasn't the, the physical, it was more psychological. But then I found out after, you know, we got together 14 years, which was, you know, it has a good body. And then in 2018, <laughs> my life kind of fell apart again. In the in and it was we just moved we just made it my mom my mom had sadly passed by that point. I decided that I had had had, had enough of small town living in Coventry and wanted to be back in London yeah. because even though subconsciously I was thinking I want to be back, I want to be making more of my life. I don't want to be sat in the situation that I'm in now. Yeah. So we decided to I decided to sell my parents' house move move everyone up to London <laughs> much to my daughter because I lived in London before I loved I lived I loved living in London I knew London could get me all the opportunities that I needed that and I wanted in my life yeah um and we did and then we moved up to London in 2017 um the business exploded you know I mean you know you know we were still on the course to hit six figures we were really going really, really well and then and my dad um, got ill, he, got, he progressed quite ill, he got um, dementia and COPD and he died, he died on February 6th and the same day that he died, my then husband, you know, at the time, had a mental breakdown on the same day. <laughs> what? Yeah, actually, he had, uh, he had a mental breakdown the same day and that led me to get him sectioned within two weeks. Wow. And then I had found out from his family that he they had lied to me. They he he never told me how. I even knew he knew he had some mental health issues, but he never got into detail. So he was all stabilised, and he did. Yeah. And I remember speaking to the 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 police um psychiatrist at the 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 um, police station after they arrested him mm. to get him sectioned. Um, she just to assess me. She said she said um. He's been ill for a very long time. No one's told you, has he? He's hidden it very well. And I remember the words just piercing me. And I thought, excuse me? And she said, oh, she says, I've just been assessed. She says, he's been ill for a long, long time. He's just been hiding very well. And I remember just breaking down into tears. Oh. And I just thought, I can't do this. I can't. I, 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 thought, I thought, I can't be a carer for another person. I was a carer for my mom. I would care for my brother who had schizophrenia. I would care for my dad. I would care for my daughter. I can't be a carer, another carer. Yeah. And I remember my, my best friend, uh, Sharon, came around. I thank her. And she her words just kind of pierced me. She just kind of said, Elaine, I won't let you be another carer. She's like, this is your time. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to lie. She's my closest friend. They both kind of said to me, we're not going to let you be carer again. She says, I've seen how, how your mum affected you. I've yeah. seen, what you have, seen how you put your life on hold for your dad. You're not putting your whole life on hold for, for him. He's a I mean, And that was it. And I had to, it was one of those situations where I decided at that point, we wouldn't be together a year later. And a year later, we, wasn't, we weren't together. You have been through the one of the <laughs> And you honestly that's a lot for anyone you know mom that just just the things that you've actually had to go through and and thank you for sharing it and anyone listening if they are triggered by this you know i'm going to put below um some you know support free support that you can go to uh, for domestic abuse 
and just for general support i'm going to be putting them below into the comments so you can go and get the support if you need it if it's triggered anything from listening to this we are going to end on a positive though because as you can see elaine is smiling and despite her setbacks she is absolutely winning at life and (laughs) you're winning you are winning at life and you do not stop you're like that word you're unstoppable (laughs) so if you were to write a letter to your future self in five years time tell me what amazing things would you say to you oh okay first thing i would say is always face always keep smiling yeah more to life you know there's all you know and i don't need don't need to smile i mean proper belly laugh i make it part of my day to do at least one belly laugh a day yeah, me and my daughter sitting you know, we were sitting there yesterday, we were howling, we were watching some YouTube videos. We were proper belly laughing. Yeah, laughter. Laughter, laughter, laughter. Laughter gets you through anything. You know I mean? And, and I say, you know, life is tough, but forgive yourself. Yeah, it's true. You know, forgive yourself. You, know I mean? you don't have to be, you don't have to be perfect. I've, I've stopped, you know, I'm sitting here now. I'm, I don't have makeup on. I don't, I don't have to be perfect. You know what I mean? Be you. Be individual, be unique. I mean, just yeah, just don't 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 follow this pretense of you. And the other one I would say, successful. I don't use the word successful, yeah, because for every me, successful is has so many different connotations and different meanings for different people. If you feel like that success is financial for you, then great. For me, successful is getting out of bed. Successful is taking a shower. Successful is cooking a dinner. Successful is, you know, putting the pizza in the oven. That to me is successful. <laughs> yeah, I'm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Successful for me is, you know, like we need some five, five minutes, five minutes in the bathroom without the kids home. I mean, that, that's successful. The toilet is a nice success. So I don't, I don't, when, when, when I hear people say to me, oh, I want to be successful, I always say to them, what do you mean successful? Is that financial? Is that happiness? So for me, successful just think it's not in my vocabulary. Yes, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, money is great, but I just think, you know, for me, with my health conditions and what I'm living, yeah, success is waking up in the morning. I love it. I'm grateful to that. I absolutely love it, and I absolutely agree. And one of the things when it comes to success is the way I see success is my 18 year old self. Would I be successful if I looked at my 18 year old self? If I looked at my if my 18-year-old self, what she wanted, what she was aspiring to, I've smashed it. Nothing. No, literally, I've smashed it. My community, my black community, what they aspire to, what they have seen as success, I am smashing it. Do I still want to have success? Of course. Do I have goals and dreams? Of course. So mm. for me, success is defined by you, but it's beyond financial. So yes, we want to make sure we have um, generational wealth, especially as black individuals continue to aspire to get generational wealth. But we know as black individuals and you know women and of colour, it's more than that. And you just nailed it on the head because as, as a mother of five, someone who's got a disability, you've got a physical one, I've got a hidden one. For me, there are so many successes I achieve every single day because of those things. So like you said, going to the toilet on my own, having a hot cup of tea, you know, <laughs> being able to, to look forward to a holiday. And it like this year, I was like, I'm, I'm not even bothered where I'm going to. I just feel like I just, to pack bags, 
for five children myself being you know early pregnancy I just didn't feel like I wanted to do that and my husband decided he was going to surprise me to go to Skegness and I was like oh my goodness that's even worse because I still have to pack the bags and um it was amazing we had such a great time and that was success because yeah, I didn't I think that I would have Right. I remember, I remember having surgery in 2018. Uh, um, I had to have a new full knee replacement. And I remember them <laughs> surgery as well. Whenever, whenever I go to hospital, it's like a military operation. Everyone, everyone's just, oh my gosh, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I'm just like, okay, you have your you have your image of me, I have my image of I, have, I know what I can do my, in my mind, you know. In my mind, I'm running around and jumping, you know, jumping balls and, and all the rest of it. Climbing mountains and everything. So I remember they say to to uh, my brother and my daughter, okay, we're going to have to send her to a rehab centre and blah, blah, blah. And they said to me, um, you have to walk up three steps to go home. That's the standard. You know, you have to climb these three steps with surgery. I smashed it. I actually said to them, you put the steps on my bed, please. I was out of bed, uh, hoisting myself up, getting these steps. And for me, like, my, I always set myself with mini goals. So for me, it was like, okay, I want to learn how to make myself a cup of tea, walk to the kitchen, make myself a cup of tea. I want to learn how to walk myself. And those little goals were for you. So every time I hit that goal, that was a success. Great, I got to the front door, that's a success. I got to the kitchen to, you know, to make a cup of tea. Great, how to get it back was an issue. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I thought that far, but I got it back. It's just that, that, that to me is my level of success. I, I put little things in place and then once I've smashed it, Great success. So I think, I think, so, so for me, so, 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 so if, if you said to me back, you know, if you said to me like an 18 year old Elaine, you would be running your own businesses. I probably would have said to you, you're having a lot. But then, then, then back in my mind, I think, actually, you know what? I would have said, yeah, I would be because I had that determination back then. I wanted to buy houses, I wanted to be wealthy, I wanted to smash. So I had it there, I had the nugget there. I just didn't know how to develop it. And now I know how to develop it. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. Your 18-year-old self will be blown away by what you've achieved and what you're doing. And you are inspiring so many amazing people around you as well. So don't ever lose sight of that. You know, you are an inspiration and you will continue to be. So many, so many people are looking at you for your beautiful, wonderful gift that you've got to the world. So anyone that's listening and they skip to the end, tell me one thing that you would say about this episode that is worth listening to. Um uh you you of course <laughs> not me it's just not you <laughs> uh, I, I just I, I think come to listen to the episode I think in the day I think you, you will be inspired by anything that Sam does I'm saying Sam, Sam, Sam to me is a true true star I love it I mean, I was like, oh. I mean yeah I'm, I'm very grateful for every opportunity to be here um and yeah I just yeah, come be inspired. I mean, follow Sam. She's doing amazing things in diversity field. Um, yeah, and really get her. I mean, come and check her out. I'm going to put all the details for Elaine below, I believe it will be, in comments. So you'll see, be able to follow her, find out more about this amazing superwoman. And be, of course, go and follow Elaine and check her out and see what. 80 things you could do before Christmas because I'm sure she'll be able to rustle up something for you that can make some extra Christmas money because I know I'm going to go find out right now as soon as I finish this so have have an amazing time listening back to this and we'd love to hear your comments below as well thank you so much for listening and thank you Elaine for coming to this episode mm -hmm. episode 5 <laughs>
Bye. Bye.